0: All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the podcast, uh, Recovery Lab podcast series. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode 20?
1: No, this is 18. 18.
0: 18, right? Uh, 20, 20 sounds better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're almost there. All right, co- no, uh, episode
0: enough. number 18 then, we'll go with that. All right, sounds good. Uh, i Hassan, this is... Daniel Anderson. Uh, so uh, the uh, general introductory spiel is the same... Uh, we absolutely need everybody's support, both financial, emotional, uh, if you've got, uh, you can support us the following ways by commenting on however you're watching this, if it's on Facebook or TikTok, I assume people comment on TikTok. I don't know. Yeah. they. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, and try to offer up things that might be of some benefit to somebody in recovery. The two examples that I always give are that you can get free Narcan, uh, at the pines in Columbus or at Mr. Moore's bike shop in Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. Everybody in Hattiesburg knows Mr. Moore's bike shop. Uh, but if you have something that would be, uh, equally benefit, uh, equally beneficial to somebody in recovery, please post that. Let everybody know. Uh, Also, if you want to support us financially, we could certainly use it. Uh, We have a new Patreon account. You can go to Patreon and then search over to Recovery Lab Podcast, and there's a way you can subscribe. Uh, We would certainly appreciate that. There's also
1: a link on the uh, Recovery Lab Facebook for the Patreon. There we go. Uh,
0: We have a website, recoverylabllc.com. Uh, we have a new cash app. We did. I did finally, Daniel and I finally did open up a bank account for Recovery Lab. I talked about it from literally the first episode, so it only took four months. Hey, it's progress.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, those, those are Recovery Lab. So Venmo and Cash App, just Recovery Lab. That's it. There we go. Uh,
0: we could certainly use everybody's uh, help to pay for the cool equipment we have. It certainly sounds better than when we first started. Um, we have cameras, and we have these awesome LED lights. On the way. <laughs> they really hey, add they, ambiance. Hey, these,
1: I'm telling you, man, vibes, bro. They're vibey. Vibes. Uh,
0: all right. I think that's it. Oh, uh, one more.
1: One more. Um, just want to bring attention to Seek uh, Christian Therape- Therapeutic Intensives. Um, they are now accepting applications uh, for the summer 2023 at Tanglewood in Lawrence, Mississippi um seek christian therapeutic intensives were created for teenagers ages 13 to 17 who have experienced a major life stressor i.e adverse childhood experience divorce death bullying etc um we want to help your child be uh, who god created them to be the best version of themselves in mind body and spirit so you can check them out uh on their uh, facebook page um, S-E-K, Christian Therapeutic Intensives, is the Facebook. You can also check them out at sekintensives.com. Thank you so much.
0: Well, all right. I think that's it for the introductory spiel. Also, lastly, I would be remiss not to add, we do still have some awesome hoodies. Yeah, for yeah, sale. yeah, 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 yeah. Blake uh, loved his. Yeah, yeah. As he should have. He loved it. it. The handsome hoodie. Yeah, the great. Very handsome. Warm.
1: Almost, I would say, probably the best hoodies that have ever been made. Best hoodie I've ever had. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Best
0: hoodie I've ever had. Well, look, without further ado, Chris and Ginger Wartez, thank y'all so much. I really, uh, seriously, I know we've been sitting here chatting, but I can't thank you enough for giving of your time to come here, do this.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us
0: absolutely there are plenty of parents out there uh who can benefit from what y'all have to offer you know one of the uh the mandate for people in recovery is to help the next man and uh it's it's a two-pronged benefit so one you get to turn your shenanigans into something profitable and the other benefit is it helps somebody else because what was so freely given to us should be freely given to others. So y'all are the parents of somebody that is in recovery. And I know that, you know, they're. I know the hell that I put my parents through. Likewise. Uh, what What would y'all like for parents to know out there that may have a loved one that's still suffering in active addiction?
2: Well, there's hope obviously there was plenty of days where um i i if didn't you feel, I didn't, I didn't feel like there was hope but there is so how I long
1: s- how long did, were you guys struggling with the addiction with lake like from from the point where you realized uh-oh, uh oh okay, we I, have a problem
2: right um of course he, he he dabbled in it um in high school like i think I, I remember getting the phone call from his jackson prep that he had failed a, you know a test for Adderall or whatever at the time he wasn't taking anything and I just can remember um, calling him and being like what what's this about like what and of course it's like mom I was I was prescribed it before and I mean you don't you, I don't have any right now I had a test and, and I kind of fell for it I kind of believed him
1: you want to I yes mean, I
2: did I did um, and then but in the back of my mind I'm thinking mm, something's something, just uh, yeah, not right just that right. mama in me I think right, I knew right. a little just this is this you know. And then it wasn't long um, after that I get a call again from Jackson Prep that he had failed it again. So, <laughs> um, and then after that, I think he the principal calls me that he got caught vaping and that he would it was got sent home. And I just I think at that point it just seemed like everything was just starting to spiral, and um, he had a horrible senior year and spring break the week before his school counselor. Um, who we loved, absolutely loved. He loved Lake, but they he called us and just said, "Hey, Lake's failing several courses, and it may be something where he needs to withdraw and finish up at the Ed Center." Um, and of course, that broke my heart. I right. mean, he had been at Jackson Prep since ninth grade, um, and the thought of him as paying for that education and then him ended up having to finish at the Ed Center was just, and and it was embarrassing for him. I mean, he was sure. he was embarrassed um, and, and devastated. Um. But that's kind of that's the beginning of you some hard like
1: three to four years ish. Yes. Basically y'all been dealing with this yes. on a regular basis. Yes. Okay.
2: Pretty much a senior year was kind of the start of the hard, hard times. And then um How did that
0: impact how did that impact y'all's relationship? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um. As and far as as mine and ours and y- late y'all's right. Okay. So yeah, and it's completely
1: um, okay to be one hundred percent vulnerable and open right now because yeah. what you're gonna say is gonna help that person that's listening right, right now that is struggling with this exact thing.
0: But they, only if you're closer to that microphone. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not good at this. <laughs> am I? I keep,
2: no, I keep wanting to push it away. You're fine. I know. Uh, I keep
0: wanting to nudge it over a little
2: bit. <laughs> right. Right. Um. No. We it was was very try, trying and hard. I think for our marriage. Um. Chris, I think if I, I look back and if I would have pulled myself out of all that and let him take over and handle it, um, I don't know. I mean, it, we may not have been in a, this, this, such a severe situation. I don't know. I always think about that because I am a very terrible disciplinary parent. I, even with our daughters, I'm like, oh, don't don't spank them or, you know, I'm just not good at it. And and. I think I pr- tried to protect Lake sometimes, and maybe wasn't even honest a lot of times with with, with to Chris about what was going on, because um, I didn't want to deal with it or talk about it or for him to punish him almost. Um, but it did; it caused a lot of tension for us um, in our marriage for a while. Um, wouldn't you say? I mean,
3: well, yeah. I, so on that note, I would say <coughs> when I would find out something later, it would make me even more. Irritated. Irritated because I was like, How long have you known about this? Right. Why didn't you tell me so I could help
1: you? Well, I didn't want to hurt your feel I didn't want to yeah. yeah. And yeah. so
3: I think a little more transparency between us would have been maybe more beneficial at the time. Um
2: and, work, and a lot work. of me not tell telling you things was like just like speaking it in existence. It makes it like, real. Oh, right. I yes. was sitting there thinking it, would, it, it would makes it real. real for you. Yes, right. and yeah. I didn't I, I tried to just pretend I was we weren't dealing with this and then I I could I could get Lake with the right counselor, or the, you know, i reached out to so many people and be like, "Hey, Lake just needs a mentor, just somebody to." I mean, so many people. I tried, I tried so hard to just put that person in Lake's life that I thought was missing that he needed, um, and none of none of those things worked. Um, so Lake went to uh, we somehow he did finish up at the Ed Center, um, and we somehow or I somehow made the decision. He wanted to go to Mississippi State. Another decision I wish I would have let him make because he didn't think it was the right thing for Lake. But I, we, we let him go on to Mississippi State. um, And that's when the wheels fell off. Um, I think the first few weeks, we you know, we had him on Life 360, and he had some 8 a.m. classes, and we would see on our Life like, Lake's in class, and we'd be, like, high-fiving and fist-bumping, like, yes, he got him and went. You know, we were just so proud. And, and I think Lake shared with you all that he was, like, totally just pulling up to his building and sitting in his car, right, right, like making right. his beats, you know. Like Making he was, beats on his laptop. He wasn't even <laughs> going to class. Um, and so uh, I think we got an email that <laughs> he, he had, like, zero attendance in any of his classes at, like, eight, nine weeks in. And so um, we bring him home. I mean, obviously, like, into the a month and a half. And he, we're like, all right, buddy, kind of come home. And he he didn't even fight us, really. I mean, it's like he kind of was like, I need help is what I think he kind of knew he had gotten in over his right, head, and right. he needed some help. Even
0: in active addiction, I mean, we can see the writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah. yes.
2: But it, at the same time, he didn't want to get the help he needed because uh, we, you know... Um, the, he saw the, the
3: writing on the wall, but he wasn't, like, at the point where he said, right. I got to do something. Right, right. 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 No. But he
1: saw it. That's right. Yeah, there's no doubt.
2: Right. And one of the counselors that mm-hmm. he was with was at First Baptist Jackson, the church, um, at this time. But I just remember like seeing like he couldn't even get up to go to work like he was literally and he was just wasting away like his his he was so skinny and just he was miserable and you could just see it and so this counselor I was like he's on drugs and I've never done this before never ever imagined I'd be living this life but I don't know where to go or who who can help us like I had no idea and I just remember he gave me um Ruth and Rigby, um her contact and she was just a complete saving grace for us. I mean, she came like that day, met me and Chris and my parents. My parents are hugely involved um, with Lake. They love him like <laughs> like he's their own. But um, she met us at Corner Bakery, and we talked about the things, a plan for him. And we ended up doing the um, Dr. Flowers Institute in Houston, um, which was a complete waste of a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money. But um, well, I,
1: I would stop you I would <sighs> stop you there. I I would encourage you to, to Yes, that's it's a tremendous amount of mm. money on paper. But those experiences that he learned there, right. though he did not get sober at that point, the seeds that were planted along right. the way, if anything would have changed similar like what we'll talk about when you know during that day. But if anything yes, would have changed, you're it, right. it, it wouldn't be. So right. that was money well spent. Yeah. That was and money well spent. And I guess well I feel
2: spent. like for me, I just wished at that point I would have went ahead and listened to Ruth Ann about just going on and putting him in a treatment center. Like, because this was somewhere where I had I just had a baby and I left my baby at home and flew, flew with him to Houston and we lived in a hotel for seven, like a whole week. Um, just letting them run tests, like, you know, psychologist, uh, psychiatrists run all these tests on him and, you know, and at the end of that week, they said, we don't think your son's an addict, but he's on his way. Right. Uh, we suggest a 30 day treatment. And, um, he, you know, boohooed like a baby, broke my heart and just begged, I just want to go home. Just take me home. And, um. I was like, okay, you know, I, I want to take you home, but this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna, you're gonna start getting up. You're gonna exercise. You're gonna do, you know. I was like laying sure, it all out. Sure, like this sure. is, this we're making changes. And um, that was in November um, of 2019 is when we went to that. And it wasn't until March of 2020 that we said, okay, he's got to go somewhere. He needs, he needs way more help than what we can do for him here. Right, right. And, again, that's when then stepped in again for us. It um, was amazing and set up the whole thing. And I, as a mom, I was a complete wreck, obviously. What are
0: y'all doing at this point in your life to maintain your sanity? How are you? At this point, we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, at this right? point. yeah. Wh- mm-hmm. What are you doing to take care of you? How? How are you plugging along, getting through day to day, or are you
1: just white knuckling it and not taking care uh, of any lot of the a needs? Lot of
0: white-knuckling well, for honestly, sure,
2: like I will say, like at, at forty years old, a huge surprise was I found out I'm pregnant, um, and I, I honestly now it makes total sense because without her, I say all the time I would have withered away in my bed because um, my other three daughters are at the age they didn't need mama. you right. know, they're a little more independent, and the baby needed me, like it. It forced me to get up out of bed. It forced me to, you know, and it was just a love at that point that I needed. And um, she was. It's, it's just that's. I mean, honestly, I think Poppy is her name, and she has been just my saving grace. I mean, through that because.
3: Well, one thing I would add, obviously, Poppy was a complete surprise, but
0: blessing. I can completely understand surprises <laughs> yeah. later in life. Yes. I've got one myself. Yes. Yeah. yes. Poppy's who, watch who turns it. three tomorrow? Oh, uh, yeah. We had his birthday party today.
2: Oh, yay! Yeah.
3: So we had we had um, Poppy that was a huge surprise slash huge blessing. So that, like Ginger said, that got her out of the bed. Let you know somebody that needed her or us, you know, and so that was a huge help. But I would say also for us, I mean, and this this we've talked to Lake about this. We have a huge family support group, huge. like we have like. Like she said, her parents are really, really close to Lake. And, I mean, just everybody in our family is just close-knit. And, it you know, you could pick up the phone and ask any of them for anything, and they would do it. Um, and so, you know, you had to cry on somebody's shoulder. A lot of people don't have that, you know. Um, and even in the addiction world, I think that there's a lot of kids out there that don't have families that are willing to do anything or right care what's going on in some capacity but i think for us like to keep our sanity at that point we were all meeting like we were all meeting in the living room going what do we do y'all and then um you know just brainstorming with everybody in the family and so we we had to lean on each other a lot during that time to just wake up the next day and go all right one one foot in front of the other um because we knew you know he was kind of going off the cliff right um and it was hard because we weren't, we didn't, we didn't have much control. You know, we were like, golly, like we want to help. We want to. Ginger said this before. She's a fixer. Doing exercise, and we're you're going to go to the gym with this guy and and work out, and you're going to you know
0: fifty burpees every morning. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Right.
3: you're going to sleep eight point six hours a day, and all you know. And so she's trying to like lay out this program that fixes it all. Twelve thousand
0: steps. Yeah, and <laughs> drink plenty of water.
3: Yes, yeah, yes. and and none of it was working, um, at all. And it's like we just kept like going in circles. Like oh gosh, here we are again. So. Anyway, family support, huge.
2: I just remember, though, like as far as that first time he went to treatment, um, you know, we had, I mean, I think he had been at my parents' house spending the night, and I remember I was already in the bed, and Chris comes in there like midnight and just says, hey, your dad just called me, and and Lake Lake just came home to their house, and he will not uh, take a drug test for your dad. He wants me to come over there and drug test Lake. And so Chris left um, to go, and I think Lake took it and failed it the drug test so the next morning i, I and mean, i called ruth Ann rigby that next morning and said okay can you come support us we're, we're telling him he's we're flying out today we're going to, to spearhead in austin texas um and i can just remember at first is he, spearhead
0: a, a treatment center yes okay mm-hmm.
2: yes and that's where he went that first time um but i can just remember like at first he was just so mad like we were all there and he was you know talking to us just horribly um Which another thing I will say about Lake is he has always been like an angel child. I mean, like, never disrespected me, loved me. I mean, like, so whenever the drug use happened and he completely changed and would say the most hurtful thing, I just knew it wasn't him. Um, It was obviously the the drugs because he was pretty harsh (laughs) a lot. Um, But anyway, I just had a heart-to-heart, and I was just like – talking to him so calm and just said, Hey, like I will go with I will fly out with you. I will take you, but you've got to get help and it's almost like he just surrendered. I don't know if he just knew I just gotta do this to please my parent and my family or if he knew I gotta get help. But we flew out that day. We didn't waste any time. I was like, I gotta take him right now because if we sleep on it, he has time to either run away, which he had done before, he would skipped town before. So we left that day and we you know, he was there for ninety days. And we all, and it was during the uh, COVID, COVID. <laughs> so we couldn't even go see him on family weekends, right. which I think that was no way of God kind of protecting us because I'm pretty sure if I'd have gone, he'd have probably begged to come home, and I don't know if I was going to Oh, he would enough. have. yeah.
1: He and would've. I don't
2: know if I'd have been strong enough to, to leave have. him. I was so weak. I was so weak when it came to him. My heart was just in a million pieces. I just wanted him to be well and be Lake again. Um, my so dad,
1: my dad's listening in Dallas. He said he can't hear you two very well. I've got okay, you turned up yeah. as high as we can okay, go. So so I gotta up a little more.
2: Yes, okay. ma'am. Just get as close um, to that mic as possible. Okay. I don't want to hit my lip.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can get like yeah, right really on that. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I can um, hear you better now. Can you okay. hear
2: me? Yeah, I've been able to hear you fine. Yep. Um. Anyway, yeah, the whole COVID thing was a way, another way of God completely. I feel like protecting me. Um, through that and, and late cause I, I would have probably brought him home and he didn't need to, uh, to be home. But once we did get him after 90 days, um, we thought everything was good. He seemed good, which later, I mean, now he admits, look, when I came home, I had no intention of staying sober. Like I was too young. I wasn't ready. And sure. like, he, he admits that. Um, but mm-hmm. we thought we were doing all the right things. You know, we were like, okay, he moved into Linwood home in Jackson, like a sober living house. Right. Um, he was at the bridge to recovery. Um, getting in those meetings and therapy you know like like I said again I thought I had it all figured out for him the best plan I knew I could give him um
1: well there's you know there's no instruction manual for for dealing with this so that's right. anytime where you like if you get in that negative you know reflection of oh I wish I would have wish I would have wish I would right just just forgive yourself right you did everything that you possibly knew how to do right. so
2: and it did take me a long time to get to that like I did blame myself for sure. so long like what sure. did I you know I shouldn't have pulled him out of this school to put him at prep I should and like, it's like mom like I would have figured it out no matter right. what I, this is you know I would don't blame yourself but um
3: I think that's a good message for other parents listening since we're right. kind of talking about that is we uh, we were talking about this earlier we just weren't in control Right, right. Like we just we tried, we loved him as much as we could. We prayed all the time. We, you know, we we were pulling out all the stops, doing everything that we thought was the right thing to do, um, but never ever did we stop just like supporting him in any way. You know, like um, it didn't matter. We were going to do whatever we had to do. Right. Um, and so, um, I think for other parents listening out there that maybe blame themselves, Ginger blamed herself a lot. And of course, as Lake has said many times, you know, he was y'all y'all referenced this when he was here. He was a master manipulator. Oh yeah, yeah. A yeah. master. Yeah. And we all are. So, yeah, we're, no, we're, yeah, we're that's the, you're that's very the, good at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And so like he was like the magician though. Like, you know, we were, you know, we thought we had something nailed down, and then he was, you know, I think y'all are talking about the movie Catch Me If You Can or something like that. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was him. He was like, he was a little he was a step ahead almost every single time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, you know, he would obviously just straight up lie
1: to us about things. Yeah. Um, We had no problem lying in the grips of addiction. That's right. I mean, we'd feel a little bad about it, but not really. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
3: And I think that's something that we didn't really, we didn't understand that at the time we do now, you know, like we look back now and we go, I mean, that was a strong, strong con. Like it had a grip on him and he couldn't like, he was like, Yeah, whatever, you know, I'm going to lie so I can go over here and get high. Right. And we didn't understand that mentality. You know, we are like, well, he's surely he's telling us the truth. The
0: allegiance to the subject is a higher allegiance than I think people give it credit for. Yeah, yeah. Like you really will do anything to protect that, either your access to it, your ability to obtain it.
1: And for somebody who's not an addict or alcoholic, I mean, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around how someone that you love, that you raised, could just lie to your face
2: time and time again. Like, that's
1: like, it's just the, it's the worst slap in the face. But we're just, we're just, that's what we do, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Look, I have learned that parenting is emotional warfare <laughs> because You're right. like, I so I have three older kids and I got the baby and I will, uh, say something, you know, to discipline one of the older three and then invariably one of them has some defense that they offer yeah. up. And I wonder to myself, okay, am, am I being too harsh? you know should it should this just be live and let live mm-hmm. and then you know they i know how manipulative i was as a child i can only imagine right how undermining it is to your own uh, you know the way we validate ourselves like i'm not crazy mm-hmm. uh, like i how did how did you find a way to confront those feelings of feeling undermined uh by the interactions with, with a sick child.
1: And also did you, yeah, well let's, let's answer that first. I got another question after that.
2: I don't know like how, I look, I'll be honest. Like I was so numb. I feel like for so, so much of this, I mean completely numb. Um,
0: just trying to disassociate from, I I
2: really, yes. Um, there was a lot of that. And you, you know, you don't, you just, I mean, I just remember just like, gosh, like how, how are we here? Like, how did we get here? You know, like, um, Lake's biological father is an addict and then my mom's brother and sister were addicts and I can just remember yeah, from I, the, the time. Who is it?
0: Your your mom's brother, brother and So her, your, your aunt, and aunt uncle. My aunt uncle, okay. oh, yes.
2: We're both addicts. And so I just can remember from the time Lake could talk. I would just we would talk about it and I'd be like, Baby, it's in your veins. Like don't touch it. Just don't right. touch it. And sometimes I'm thinking, should I have said that? Because Lake's personality, it, he runs off, cur- he's curious, so I think a lot of it, what I felt like was, was he just that curious to see what, it-? I, you know, I, I don't know, but I just, I just remember telling him, don't touch it, because, I mean, drugs is one thing that I never touched, and I think it's just because I knew, I had seen what it did to, to my family, you know, what it can do, and I didn't want any part of it, it's, it terrified me, but we were, we were there, I mean, we were here, and I was definitely just numb, and of course, I had a, a Baby, baby, newborn. Um, while he was at treatment, those ninety days, I can just remember taking her out, and strolling, and just with my worship music and just praying. You know, like I was already claiming the victory. Like God, you've already, you've already won. Like you know, I was trying to just be, just so positive and know that. Um, like I said before, um, I had ventured off before I got when I got pregnant with him at twenty. I was kind of wild and partying and living a life I knew better than. And my mom has always said, um, you know, God did not give Lake to you to save your life for the devil to have Lake and take Lake. And so that right there was another way that, that kept me going and kept my faith. And, and I would just say that too over and over and over. All right, God, I know you have him. You love him more than I do. You know, you tell us that. So I have to trust that you are going to pull him out of the pits that he was in.
1: It's difficult, even, I mean, I know for for an alcoholic, but, you know, a lot of times when we're dealing with stuff also, and it has to be the same with someone who's, you know, normal, um, you know, to, to, to make that, to have that thought, those thoughts, uh, and, and, and say, okay, I'm going to trust God 100%, I know he's in charge, I know I have no control over this. Is one thing, but to actually live your life throughout the rest, you know, the, the the following 23 hours and 59 minutes of the day yep. to actually implement that and really take right. a step back and trust and have faith is so incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how difficult it would be for a parent who is watching their son go down this death mm-hmm. spiral, literal death spiral, literal. And, and have to... I mean, I can only imagine that that just really would grow your faith. If you allow, if you go that route, that right. your faith in God would be unbelievable at that moment. And my question also is this, when, when you guys, when, when you were taking your walks and, and talking to God and, and praying and trusting him, were you guys as a team, you, you and Chris, were you guys able to kind of come together, a little bit and, and, and say, oh, we're going to fight this together. Or was there still this, well, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how he feels about this. I don't, were you, were you guys able to come together on, on a, on a solid front together and, and be able to help him or, or was it still kind of, I'm doing this, he's doing this.
2: Yada, I, mean, yada, yada. Was, I mean, I think we came together at that point. I mean, um, I mean, I feel like um, Chris had to be, I guess, my rock. <laughs> sure. I mean, he was the one that was kind of strong, um, much stronger than me. I mean, because I, I sit there and I tell you that, like, I'll, I had the faith or whatever, but I'd also be lying if I told you I did not sleep a wink at night out of worry and fear. Sure. So, you know, it's not that I was like, okay, God, I know you have him. You're going to save him, and I'm going to sleep, and I'm good. But Because I was I was, a, I was a mess sure. for so long um, with so much anxiety and worry and fear. <laughs> <laughs> um and so Chris would be he would say positive things like you know he's going to beat this we you know we're going to get through this you know and then hearing those things would help me Right. Um I needed to hear those things.
1: That begs the question, did you believe those things when you said those to her and was it difficult for you to stay strong through those those times?
3: Definitely difficult to to stay strong because there was a lot of there's a fear of the unknown like sure. you're like how are we even walking through this period? but like crazy things were happening and we were like how, you know so you obviously there's questions all the time um Lake is just so, he's such a good-hearted person there was no way that like this was going to be his story right you right, know right. like there's no way he's not going to come out on the other side of this and so i think i you know he's just a he's just a good kid so caring so loving just to, uh, he's a help he wants to help people all the time and so i guess in the back of my head i always thought man, if he comes out on the other side of this, he's going to be a strong, strong advocate to help a lot of other people, right. which is exactly what he's doing right now. Right. And so, you know, I mean, I definitely, a lot of a lot of praying, a lot of, you know, leaning on God because we weren't in control. We were talking about this earlier. I mean, we just, we wanted him to be sober and healthy so bad. Um, but it, I mean, all we really could do is have faith that God was going to, steer the ship because we technically just didn't, we didn't have any control. Right. Um, but yeah. so but it, but it
2: did seem like, you know, after he got back from that treatment and just, he still was just running, running from God, running and running and, and then, Chris would be a little negative. He would get angry, and then, I, then it would cause us to fight because I can just remember saying, I don't need to hear you say that. You know, like, I don't want to hear negative. Like, I need to hear you say he's, you know.
0: Everything's <laughs> going to be fine. Right. Yes,
2: right. and there were times, there were plenty of times where, I mean, because he, you know, he went through that, I mean, dyeing his hair different colors, and his wardrobe is crazy. And, you know, I mean, it's just like, we were like, where's my handsome boy? <laughs> like, right. who are you? It just, it everything was so crazy for for so long, um, it just wasn't him. I just was like that is not who we've raised. That's not my son. And, um, but he. I mean, when he came home, like I mean, like I said, when he he ended up getting kicked out of the bridge recovery right. for kratom. Um, she's, I too
0: was kicked out of bridge recovery once. So he's in good, he's in good company.
2: Well, and so when she called us in, I remember texting him like, Lake, have you done something? She wants to meet with us. And he's like, no ma'am, I haven't done anything.
0: They didn't and want to talk to you to tell you what a great job he's doing. That's right. That's right.
2: And so we sit down and she comes in and she's, she's pretty rough. She was not, she was not compassionate towards him or to us at all. She was you failed for this. Why did you tell me you, you know? And he's like, what? Um, it was, I just bought a little, you know, he was telling us it was a like a little energy drink that must've had it in it. Okay. Like he was like acting like he didn't even know he was taking Kratom, but. Lies. Lies. <laughs> lies, It was lies. Now And now I know that, but at the time I, again, I believe, or I wanted to believe him. I faked it. I faked believing it that he was telling me the truth. You know, I really did. I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh great. Like, here we go. You know, he's doing Kratom and, Something, obviously, that he can buy in a gas station, which is crazy. Every
1: gas station. It is
2: crazy. It's one of my biggest things, too, that I would like I'm keep pushing. Like, why are we selling this to these kids in these gas stations? And the U-Pass. Like, Lake, right, Lake right, right. was passing. We were paying $300 a month just for him to get drug tested at Linwood House. For him to fake every bit of those drug tests for right. so long. Like, he was just buying, He was buying the U-Pass and... Faking his test, you know, and I'm just like, this, why are these even this even legal? How is this stuff legal? Right, right. Um, so anyway, I mean, where there's a
1: buck to be made, people will oh, exploit yeah, it for
2: sure, for sure. But it, that's another thing for parents, like, just to to be aware of how easy it is for our teens to walk in a gas station and get a drug because kratom that's that is it is a drug. I mean, it's 100. Yeah. percent I mean, my son got kicked out of treatment for Kratom, so it is a drug that should not yeah. be being sold. Um, but anyway, at that point, Linwood let him stay because um, she said right then, like, he needs to go back to Spearhead right now. Like He's like, she put him on a plane, and he is again begging us. And he's chewing her out, like, this is such a racket. I didn't, you know, he's just angry. And we didn't send him back to recovery at that point. We let him just stay at Linwood, in the sober living environment. They were testing him. I'm he, surprised
0: they let him stay at Linwood. Well, are you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I was scared he was going to get kicked out. I, I think I remember texting um, either the house manager or Alex Cole, who Alex is also later on a huge help to us. Um, He's a good dude. He is. Very good dude. Love him. He was great. Lake loves him. That was also a positive that Lake was able to talk to someone. That, But anyway, he was passing those drug tests but all along, but he was – it was just faking him while he was there. Um, but he begged us to come home after five or six months of living there and we let him move back home.
3: Yeah, I think some when he wanted to move back home, I think he actually got me on the phone one day and this is where his manipulation was was really strong. He was like basically saying, I don't belong with these people.
2: Yeah. Right, right. You know, like
3: right. I've I've crossed over into uh, you know, another another realm where these guys really need this place, and I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm past all that now. And so I just want to come home and be – and I think there was some truth in what he was saying at the time. I just want this normalcy. I just want this normal, you know, life. I want to go to work or go to school or whatever and, like, just get back on track. And I think in the back of his head he did – maybe he believed some of that, but a lot of that was just like – Hey, I got to get away from all these drug tests and right. You know, I gotta. I, I need some freedom.
1: Get the yeah. monkey off our back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, and so, yeah. What was that first night like, if you can recall? What was that first night back when he was living? Was was there was there a relief? Was there?
2: No. I, I mean, I can. I, At
1: home, you, you
0: mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I
2: did. No. I. I did better when he wasn't under my roof because I think um, when he wasn't under my roof, out of sight, out of mind. Yes, a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's the craziest thing, but I feel like I didn't have to like worry so much um, if he like if he's under in my roof I'm I'm, I'm crazy person like I'm on, like he, if he's in the bathroom too long I, I mean even to this day I have PTSD about the bathroom uh, if he's in there too long right. it's just I think I always will um but it, it I feel like it made me crazy um
1: so you would say it was yeah if, and like, if there's a way maybe if somebody is in that limbo state that Lake was in maybe it's the best maybe it's best for them not to come home. Until there's a, a, right. a firm plan of action. absolutely. Or, and and to, obviously all cases are different. And yeah. but in your experience, right. it would have eased things a little bit had he not come home.
2: That's right. Yes. Okay. And I think for us too, we wanted normalcy. Like he had three sisters at home. Well, f- the baby with like four sisters at home. But the three, like it affected them. They sure, loved sure, sure. their brother and they missed their brother. And so we were like... We want him back home so they can be around him and sure. they can have a relationship with him. Um, they missed him. And so it was good, but it just, it made my worry just go whoop. And so, like I said, he, he's really close to my parents and he wouldn't, he stayed there with them a lot, um, which again, Chris Blake, you know, he needs to come home and I, I didn't want him to come home because my worry, I'd rather him be at my mom's, but then it got too much on my parents. I think I, I felt bad; they were having to worry, and right. they didn't need that either. Well, he
0: told that story about staying at his grandparents' house, and I remembered when I would stay at my grandmother's house, mm-hmm. and because there was virtually no oversight. Yeah. And but I didn't know they were employing the drug test, Granny and Grandpa the hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah coming yeah. in.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. He, I mean, I, I say all the time, like my dad and Chris were a hundred percent the rocks for me and my mom. I mean, this, this, this absolutely shattered my parents too. I mean, they're, I mean, we, you know, we lived with them with Lake till we got married when Lake was two and a half years old. So, I mean, and then after we got married, I, you know, I started a business and went to work where my mom basically would keep my child and keep him. I mean, they, they're, Very they're close. so close. Um, And I, I love that. I love they have that relationship. Um, I'm so blessed. Um, I mean, he, to this day like wears a necklace that you know my mom gave him that's you know something she always to tell him I mean they're just so close but um it just they didn't need to go through that either I mean right so
1: but again we didn't have that hand you know the handbook that, that's right you know, it's, it's, yeah it's,
2: and I don't know what I would have done any different really I mean it like it, it was hard because we had four other kids at home you right. know and I mean it's just, everything was just so hard um
1: do you think it was difficult for the other children at the home and, and can you put yourself in their shoes to to be watching them their their brother really struggle and watching their parents really struggle over mm-hmm. them do you think that was there did you get the feeling as though there was any jealousy or any that that maybe lake was getting more attention than them or was everything were, were your kids kind of level-headed about look he's in need right now and mom right. and dad are helping this yeah, guy. yeah i
2: think i mean honestly i think they were i think they were just as worried for him as as you know as we as we are as that like, sisters could be for their brother they were worried um the the young the 12-year-old who's almost 13, she probably struggled with that the most, but her little world had been rocked because we had had this baby, and she always had been the baby, and so she right, just got right. kicked out of her bed because now the baby's in the bed, and then her brother's gone. I mean, she her little world was rocked for sure, but it wasn't a jealousy thing. I think it was just her age and sure. kind of feeling like, where's my mom? Like, sure. she was, this baby's around now, and now my mom's attention is with my brother. And <laughs> But the twins, they were they were worried and devastated and – and how old are they? They're 17. 17. Mm-hmm.
0: You have, you live with two 17-year-old <laughs> girls.
2: I'll tell you house is something. A
0: 12-year-old girl. Keep going. Three-year-old a 3-year-old <laughs> girl. And a 21-year-old girl. She's about to be 22. But right. yes. Happy birthday, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I, have
3: to, I come home. I, I joke with Lake now. I say, you have abandoned me. You are <laughs> yeah. over in Atlanta, right. and I'm at home with... All these women, right, uh, right. So I work a lot
1: you <laughs> know, to provide
0: for them. Of course, obviously. of
1: course, of course.
3: Uh, but
0: yeah, it's a uh, man tough at my house. I have one daughter, and I get to say to her, "You know, you're my favorite daughter." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good gosh. Yeah. Well, look, I've heard you mention something that I'm such a big fan of that I don't want to gloss over, and that's worship music. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, I went to a faith based treatment center. I'd never heard a single word. I didn't even know, like I'm Catholic Mm -hmm. and this whole idea that, uh, that, you know, Protestant mass could be based right. I mean, like, like a lot of people go to church and they listen to music and then somebody talks for a long time Mm -hmm. and then they have their begathon and then, you know, the whole thing is, is geared around listening to worship music. Yeah. I find worship music to be exceptionally beneficial in my life.
2: Oh, it's if huge you, for me. That is, I mean, that's all I, I mean, if I even go for a run, it's what I'm listening to. It's like every, I mean, it's just the way I pray and talk to God. And that's really all I did that first time he was a treatment. Just my, you know, headphones on. And, so
0: approaching this like you would go to talk to an attorney for the first time and they give you some plan of action for the parents that are out there. Number one, would you tell them to listen to worship music?
2: Absolutely. Pray. Absolutely. Pray. That's right.
0: I I can sense from talking to y'all that you suffer from this maybe more than he does, this searching for where I went wrong, what I could have done differently. Mm. I can tell you as somebody in recovery who's had a lifelong problem with addiction, there's no, there's no thing that my parents did or didn't do that caused it, that made it worse. I mean, I had an exceptional childhood. Likewise. You know, I never knew abuse or neglect. Right. You could set your watch by the time my father came home at night. Uh, they weren't drug addicts or alcoholics. So I assure you. Right. No drama in the house. over. Oh, if I had done, if I, what if I, mm-hmm. that is the enemy.
2: Right. 100%. And I mean, that's the devil robbing
0: 100. you of, uh, just thought I would throw that out there because yeah, I, I can right. sense you, you've struggled with this. I like, have. I've
2: gotten better now, but yeah, for a long time, I just, yeah, it was hard just not knowing. I mean, because we pulled him out of Hartfield Academy, honestly, because he was brilliant. Um, but he was not studying. Like literally there's, there's, there was no studying. And so what, my thought was we'll send him to Jackson prep. Well, he'll be forced to study. Right. He'll have to pick up a book and study because Jackson prep, you have to, um, but I'm like, why? I mean, that backfired on me. a senior year couldn't even finish, you know, and it, that killed me. I'm like, okay, God, where did I miss you through all that? How did I miss that door opening for him to go to Jackson Prep? Because I wanted to push him because he is so smart for him not to even be able to finish and graduate there, you know, just – and it wasn't because he was not capable. Because, I mean, y'all talked to him. He, he is brilliant. He's a, such a smart kid. He just – didn't want to study. He right. <laughs> didn't want to pick up a book. Um,
0: I feel like on that. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So listen,
1: I, I don't, we, we have, we have to get to this story now. Yeah. I don't want to focus on war stories or anything, but I want to talk about this story that, that Lake shared with us. Um, you had mentioned that there were a couple other things that you wanted to add to that story. And I want you guys to walk us through that fateful day when he overdosed mm-hmm. from the beginning of the day when you woke up until the end of the night. Walk us through exactly what happened and in your eyes what God did or did not do to ensure that that moment happened that day.
2: I want to I touch on this real quick because in July, the month he overdosed, um, my dad and Chris both got covid Chris was hospitalized for ten days, basically with with COVID. This was twenty twenty in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, this okay. no, this is uh twenty one. This is twenty one okay. when he he overdosed July um of twenty one. So in July, my dad, who's my rock, and Chris, who's my rock, are both have COVID. Um, I go upstairs to Lake's room. Lake wasn't home, and I, I tell everybody I have no idea other than. The Lord said, look under his mattress. I have no idea. It's just what he's playing his day. Something just said, go look under his mattress. So, I just And never, had you ever done that before? Never, 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 never. So I just pull up his mattress, and it was far back in the, in the middle of his bed. I could see a little bottle. And I, of course, lose it. And I'm like, I cannot go tell Chris. He's sick with COVID, so sick. Right. So,
1: What I, was in this bottle?
2: It was pills, and I remember yes. calling Alex Cole, and he mm-hmm. looked at them, and he even said, "I don't even know what some of these are." Like, you know, we we got you know, we were trying to figure out what they even were. Right.
1: It's safe to say that they were not good or prescribed. Oh, to absolutely,
2: them. Right. yes, I knew. And and with Lake's behavior that whole month, erratic, yeah, it was no, it was weird. He was so strange, out of his mind. I mean, it was, and he'll tell you he was like black, he was blacked out. Yeah, yeah that yeah. whole month. Um, and, and it's and another thing people will say, where was he living? And I'm like, in my house. Right. And I mean, so it makes me feel like absolute crap. Yeah. But, no, no, no.
1: Don't. But don't it was it going, going on in my house,
2: you know, and I'm like, it was, he was living with me. I saw him every single day, every, you know, every single night. But I I couldn't tell Chris I found those pills. I just remember calling Alex Cole and said, I need help. Um, he said, okay, there's interventionist Carver Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Carver's
0: been on the podcast. Yeah. Has he? Okay. Love yeah, he's awesome.
2: Okay. Um, we'll come over, you know, and talk with him. Let's let's try to get him to treatment. So, I, had, was, I was
3: still at the house at this time. He had you okay. had gotten
2: out of the hospital. He was home at this point. Yeah, and so uh, just not in the meeting because they did, we didn't want to expose Carver and sure. Alex. But they ended up saying just bring your, bring him out because Lake texted him and he comes. I said, hey, can you come downstairs? So he comes downstairs, not knowing they were there, and he was high. Um, oh, I assure you, he was, he, right was he was high, yeah. And he sees them, and he immediately knows what this is about. He knows Alex, and he's like, "Hold up!" He gets so defensive. He's like, "I want an attorney. What? I'm not. <laughs> I have. I have not. Yes. I mean, like, how are you gonna pay for this?" But he is. He has
0: constitutional <laughs> rights. Yes,
2: he is fighting us tooth and nail. Like, no way, y'all are crazy. I have not relapsed. I'm not on drugs. Blah blah blah. blah. He they couldn't get him to go. So even even then, they say "Bring Chris out," and Chris comes out, and we just try to talk. Through it, didn't work. So the next morning, I just remember Carver calling me, and he's like, hey, your son has, in fact, relapsed. It was evident last night. The only way to get him to treatment is basically you're going to probably have to get the law involved. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, the law, like how do, I ca- how do you call the law on your child? Like, So then my prayer starts kind of switching to, okay, God, you got to give me something to make me strong enough to call willing to call the law like you something I, I can't I can't do it I'm too weak to call the law my son you got to do something so July 24th that Saturday morning late comes home and he loves his baby sister and he bends down to pick her up to you know hold her and when he does I won't say what but something fell out of his pocket mm-hmm. and I took my foot and I slid it he never even knew I just kind of slid it over and he leaves And Chris was at work, and I, at this point, and I call him, and I'm like, okay, today's the day. We got to call the law. Like, at that point, I knew if we didn't call the law, he was either going to kill himself or somebody else. You know, he was he didn't even need to be driving that day. I just remember calling him like, Hey buddy, you don't need to even be driving. He's like, you're your psycho. I, you know, you're, right. I'm good. Of course you're psycho.
0: yeah. And you're like, yeah I've yeah, just yeah. seen it juxtaposed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You versus your baby sister. And <laughs>
2: yeah. right. I mean that,
0: that paints quite a picture. Yes.
2: And he was, I was watching him and he was looking all through his car. He knew he had lost it. Like he right. knew he's just trying to figure out where it went, you know, but I had slid it. I had it. So do you want to take over that, that at that point leading to throughout that day?
3: Yeah. And I'll, Preface this by saying I'm not good at timelines, so I I might get a little out of order. But um, yeah, I just remember Ginger called me and she was like, "It's like full on, like it's bad. We got to do something." Um, And so Ginger's dad, unfortunately, through a lot of this process, through some years, I've had to, you know, call him and be like, "Hey, listen, I need some help." Again, leaning on family to, you know, "Hey, uh, we got to figure this out. Let's brainstorm." And so. Um, I think maybe, um, her dad, uh, Mr. Terry and I, we, we talked and, uh, and I just said, I, I just, I don't know what else to do. I think, you know, getting the law involved somehow. And, um,
1: and were you still recovering from COVID at this point? Or were you, uh,
2: he was back at work that day. Like he, yeah, was, I, I was, he was trying I was to get back. It was just, only, it was only like, it. yeah, it was only like three or four days later, but yes, he was just over 10 days of the hospital. And,
3: right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and that ties in a little bit, which is kind of strange later. But, um, so, her dad and I were talking, and um, we knew we knew Lake was in a bad place that day. We knew like he didn't like Ginger said he didn't need to be driving. He was obviously using when he left the house, and uh, it was just kind of everything came to a head, and it was like we're gonna have to we got to get the law involved. So I called a friend of mine. Uh, who's Rankin County SO, and I just said, hey, man, help me out here. Uh, You know, we got to do something. What do you suggest? And he said, well, you know, I can't do anything in Hines County, but when he comes back into Rankin County, you know, we might could, you know, see if we can stop him or pull him over or whatever and and figure out, you know, we have to follow the law, obviously, but, you know, we probably can get him on something, you know, when he comes back across the line. Um, We need his tag number. And I just – I didn't know his tag number. Um, and um, so, basically, the plan was we've got to go find him and get his tag number. That way, when he does come back into Rankin County, you know, they can they can identify him. Right. Um, and so, we are like, we just don't have any idea where he is. He would turn his Life 360 off, uh, as a lot of these kids do. Um you know, like, oh, I don't want them to know where I'm at right now. So he just cut it off. Yeah. Could you um, be
1: more obvious that you're up to no good?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so when he was off Life 360, we were like, oh, gosh, you know, what what's about to happen? <laughs> um, and so I think one of the somehow we figured out. Um,
2: we knew who he was with, another person, and we were able to locate them on our snap map. Okay. at that part who he yeah. was with
3: right so we knew who he was with where
2: he was at that point we, which was a bad bad part of town in jackson yeah
3: <laughs> and and so um ginger and her mom are are there obviously in the conversation and they're kind of like well y'all need to hurry and go you know go get him like go go find the tag number where we can get this process. do moving like go yes. right and um and so it's weird that the the, the details that happened during that day. Um, So we decided to go. And again, I remember them just kind of being like, hey, y'all need to kind of hurry up, like y'all need to go. Um, And then so we're backing out of the driveway. And I was like, hey, let me grab my sunglasses. And, you know, I just again, they were just like, don't worry about your sunglasses, go, you know, like go. And then so my parents live in the same subdivision as her parents. And we're going out of the subdivision. And I said, you know if we are trying to sneak around and get Lake's tag number, he's going to recognize this vehicle. Right. So we stopped at my parents' house and we got my mom's car and we, I, you know, we'll go in her car. He won't suspect that as much, you know, so let's, let's stop there. So we did, but all these things getting my sunglasses, you know, stopping and getting my mom's car and dropping his off there. Um, you know, the fact that I drove and, and Terry didn't. Like, there's so many things um, that, that made us come to this intersection. We knew he was in downtown Jackson. We knew he was at a hotel. Um, and there's a million ways to get into downtown Jackson. You can take High Street, Pearl Street, whatever. You can take a bunch of different ways. We just happened to go Pearl Street. And we come across the bridge, and we come to the stoplight. And we stop at the stoplight. And I just remember we, we come to a stop and the light turns green and so we're about to go, and this car runs the red light coming from the other direction. This coming is down Pearl Street, Street,
0: Street, and, State uh, Street and State Street. Okay.
3: Yeah, and so we're we're sitting there and this car flies through the intersection and this dude is hanging out the window and oh he's my God. he's waving the car behind him to come on, come on, like keep coming, go, run the red light also like we did. And I was like, look at this idiot. He just ran the red light, you know? And then here comes Lake's car. Um, and and his girlfriend- So there was somebody in front of them. Yeah.
2: Leave some of the names out.
3: Okay, so- A friend. There, there was yep. somebody in front kind of leading uh, Lake's car. The pace
0: car. The pace yeah, car right.
3: came through, <laughs> yes. And, um, and then his car came through- um, but there was only one person in the car that we could see, um, and so we were. I was like,
0: really "I was like,
3: odd. there's Lake's car right there." And but so Lake's we, not driving. It's right. not driving. We didn't see Lake in the car, and there you could tell obviously it's a frantic situation because they've run a red light in front of us. They're following somebody. We we're like, what in the world is going on? So obviously we get in behind them, um, and we're going down State Street. And really, I think Mr. Terry and and we're kind of going like man, something's going on, something's wrong. And I, I forget which, I don't know if it was him or me. So somehow we figured it, we we're like, oh crap. Like it hit us. We are like, That's Rope, like he, he's overdosed. Right. They're headed to the hospital. That's what's going on here. Um, and so we're, I mean, we're riding behind them and they're going towards the hospital. And then randomly they just pull up in this parking garage. And we were like, what the heck are they doing? Like, where are they going? And, um, and... This is a tough part uh, for me. Um, we. Uh,
2: sorry. No, he's never it's been okay. able to talk about it without. It's but.
1: okay, brother. Take your time, man.
2: Do you want me to finish? You got it.
1: Sorry. Nothing to apologize about.
3: We, we pull in behind him and uh, go up to the car, and and he's in the passenger side. Um, and he's motionless. Motionless. Uh, blue. He's blue. He's, um, he's terrible. The worst, worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and
1: so um, you kick into high gear.
3: Yeah. Um, I pull the driver out of the car. And uh, just jump in the car and to, I've got I've to get him to the emergency room. Um, and uh, so I remember, this is how this kind of ties back into COVID. Um, I probably wouldn't have known where to turn into the emergency room area. And I know that's a small detail. But, but those seconds
1: could have made a yes. big difference.
3: Yeah. Um, and so... I just think I knew where to go because I had that's where she dropped me off when she took me in when I had COVID, um, and so you went to
0: Baptist, Baptist, Baptist yeah. yeah,
3: and so I just remember going in there. I drove in in the emergency uh, area there, and I was just screaming for help, you know, help me. Um, I got him out of the car, threw him on my shoulder, I ran inside, and and they immediately knew. Narcan, Narcan overdose, overdose. They were, and there was people, and they, they literally just directed me like where to take him, and I just had him on my shoulder, running through the hospital, and um, they showed me where this bed was, and I laid him down, and and they rolled him into a room, and um, I mean, not breathing, uh, nothing, like he was, he
1: was dead, completely and,
3: yes. lifeless, um, and that just has to. And just tear you to pieces. It was tough. Um, that was that's the hardest thing I've ever experienced seeing in my whole entire life. Horrible. Um, and they they went to work. I mean, like ten people immediately. Just everybody's just you know. I think by
2: the time I got there, the the, doc, the doctor looked at me and and said his his exact words were, "Within seconds, you would have lost your boy." So that's why those seconds did matter. Yeah. I mean everything. Leading to that day, like that was
1: a long. Did we way ever around. figure out why they pulled into the parking garage? They, they just lost. didn't know. They,
2: they didn't lost. know where. Oh, they, they, they were, knew they shoot. were. Yeah, they, they were knew lost. they were at the hospital, but that they were on the wrong side of the. Oh, yeah, man. the mercy rooms on the other side.
3: If you go down State Street, there looks like there's like 30 entrances to the hospital. Right, it's confusing. Right. It's yeah, yeah. there's the
1: big building on the left and the yep. right, and
3: it's very confusing. And uh, and being. Totally honest here. I might not have known exactly where to go, but we were just there like a week before because <laughs> she had dropped me off there. I don't think those are coincidences. No, I think I don't that's a hundred percent. Like
1: that's God right there. When Absolutely. we, when
3: like the guys that were, they didn't even know the guys, by the way, they just happened to be at the hotel where they were. And they said, we need help. Can you help us? And those guys were just trying to get them to the hospital. Right. And they just happened to pull into the wrong place. And so, we're in this parking garage area, and they were all just kind of, like, scratching their head. They were like, I don't know, like, where's the hospital? And then, of course, we when we pulled in from behind, and it was kind of like, get out of the way. Like, you're not at the hospital. Right, you right, know? right, And so, that's kind of where, you know, we, um, you know, I grabbed the car and, and took off. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, so, yeah, and then when we were in the hospital. I mean, um, he, he they, had so
2: much, like, f- like, fentanyl in his system. Like, he yeah. had to be put in overnight in a drip of Narcan. I mean, it was, wow. yes.
3: Yeah, they hit and, him with some Narcan, and he came to. Um, they were able to get
1: vitals?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, but they it were, wears off yeah. if you. Yeah. yeah, and it did. They gave him, I know, two different doses of Narcan um, in in the ER, Um and it was wearing off enough to where they said, hey, we really need to put him in overnight and do it on like a, a drip. Um, and that was – apparently that's directly related to how much you have in your system or something. That's my understanding of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so – Because
0: somebody can overdose, and you can administer Narcan, and it can appear to work. And then I just think of it as if the opiate overpowers the Narcan, then you have to administer more yeah, Narcan. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: And they did that a couple times, and then they did the – like I said, the overnight – I think it was like an ICU type situation where they had him in a drip, Um, and so um, I mean that was that was a wild. There's no chance there's 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 no coincidence in that in that for me. There was, it took me so long to get my sunglasses and stop and get a car and you know hit the right number of traffic lights and I think God literally put us right there at because 30 seconds before we miss them. Thirty seconds after, ten seconds. Ten, seconds, 10 seconds. like yes. five seconds, yes. you would have, yes, it's, it would have been
1: a completely right. different story. Different and story, yes, you guys 100%. would not be here talking about how that's he right. survived. One hundred percent.
3: And so maybe ten seconds later, and they're in a parking garage, and he's, you know, he doesn't make it. Right. Well, he um,
0: makes all things work together mm-hmm. for the good, that's right. even the bad things. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, as much as I hate it, it has been a benefit to me to realize that you know my story my life my recovery is kind of a patch patch patchwork quilt a brick wall of sorts and each you know each piece is a component that can be of some benefit to somebody else right mm-hmm. and i mean I, I my heart goes out to y'all but i tip my hat to you for having the the guts the willingness to come on here and yeah. talk about this because there are other parents that are suffering with the same thing. Right. And this is not
1: easy for you guys to do. I know that you got emotional about this. And, and I just, from the bottom of my heart, I I want to thank you for, for being vulnerable and being honest. And you are helping someone else right now. I, I guarantee you that. Yeah. And this is going to be shared with folks. You know, my family is, my parents are heavily involved in, in Families Anonymous in Dallas. And, um, you know, they... they Uh, they will be sharing this with them and um, you know, they, they are, uh, when I say heavily involved, I, I, I mean, heavily involved. Um, You know, it's, it's their support group. It's um, and um, so this, this is going to go much further than anything on the internet or, or what's happening actually today. I, I can guarantee you of that. So, you know, I, again, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank you enough for, for coming back on. Uh, or coming on rather i'm sorry um and and sharing this because i know it's not difficult but this is something that um that needs to be shared and yeah
0: y'all are the first people from the other side that we've had okay and uh
2: well even in- after that though i mean i know we're running we've ran out of time no no no, no we're, we're not, not we're good, we're we're good there's no time i just yeah we're good the next the next couple months or so is so important too just because Let's I, touch on obviously this. he he wasn't wanting to go to treatment right like he had you know I want an attorney I'm not going well, when he overdosed obviously in case This is an
0: astonishing yeah, the lies I mean yes. I, I know exactly what he's talking about
2: Yeah yeah
0: me too And in the face of insur- an insurmountable amount of evidence to the contrary you think you still don't need help Right
2: yeah But he uh, he knew after that like Oh, I'm getting court ordered. Up. Yeah, like it's it's there's no getting out of the it. The heat's on now. Yes. Yeah. So we um we did we court ordered him and um Alex Cole was nice enough to actually drive him. He went to a detox facility in Warrior, Alabama, Bradford, um where later we found out he used there. Um, but after his thirty day detox, he went to um the reprieve in Opelika, um near Auburn, Alabama. That's where he went. And he was doing really good there. We were actually going with him, driving up on Sundays or the weekends. We could take him to church um, for, I mean, four to six weeks. He was doing really good. And out of the blue one day, I get that dreaded phone call that, hey, your son's been using. Um, he's got to go somewhere. And, of course, my heart is just, you know, I'm starting to feel. Again. Again. Like, oh, my Defeated. gosh. How? <sighs> like, what? Like, what? I mean, what in the world? Um So, you know, I'm asking them, where can we put him? Where do we go? And um, they suggested um, Twin Lakes Recovery in um, Monroe, Georgia. Again, it was just a 30-day play. They were like, this is just a 30-day place, but just put him here until you can find where you want him to go for the year that you've court ordered him. So he's there, and um, again, I feel like he's getting it together. He's telling me all the right things. His therapist there is telling me all the right things. And I remember just, it was getting late at night. I had the baby in the bathtub upstairs, and he was downstairs. But I get a phone call, and it's Twin Lakes Recovery. And it's, I mean, it's gosh, it's probably mm. 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, which Did is 11 just o'clock. It's 11 o'clock that time. Right. And, yes, my heart completely sunk. Yeah. Um, and she tells me the same thing. Hey, your son and two other boys just just got caught using you're gonna have to come get him they're getting kicked out basically well the other two guys were locals they were able to uber home i'm like hey we're six and a half hours away please right. just keep him there until he can get here you know and i remember like can i speak to him and like get on the phone and i mean i'm bawling like like baby what? you know i'm just like how again did you do this? And he's like, I know mom, I know, but I'm just not strong enough. And the guys had it. It was in my face. I'm just not strong enough. And anyway, by this point he comes up and sees me and he jumps in the car and he's headed out. So,
3: well, he got kicked out. right?
2: Well, they're telling me that he can stay until Chris gets there to get him. So that's why Chris jumps in the car and he's headed to Georgia. Fizz and drive all night to go get him. Well, but then they yeah yeah say
1: no because they wouldn't give him a cigarette. Or- so yeah.
2: she calls me back about thirty minutes later. So now we're looking at eleven thirty at night his time where he's at ten thirty our time. She says you have one stubborn little boy. He just left. He just walked down the street and it's this place in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't have a phone. He has no money. He has nothing. And I panic. I absolutely am in panic mode. Because I had talked to him on the phone and he's high on the phone, you know he's not, you know he's not good. I was mad at them. How could you even let him leave? He that you know he's not well. Um, but I just instantly started googling. Um, well, the sheriff department in Monroe. I, the only thing I needed to do was to call the law. Like, hey, there's a boy that doesn't need to be walking down the street somewhere in your area. Please go find them. And they were so nice to help us. And they're like, sure, I will send out dispatch. We'll go look for your son. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't long. It seemed like an eternity for me. I just remember, please God, please God, find him, find him, find him. Um, but about 30 minutes goes by, they call, Hey, we found him. He was sitting up at a closed gas station against the wall. Um, and they said, he, he appears to be fine. He's not high. We can take him in, but if he chooses to leave, we can't hold him. But I got Lake on the phone and Lake said, yeah, I'll wait for dad to get me. And he's in Meridian getting close to Meridian at this point and I had picked up the phone to google treatment centers near Monroe, Georgia just because I didn't want Lake to come back home. He didn't need to come back home. Right. I was hoping Chris could just take him to the next place. We'd try right. again. We'd try again and I found this place um on on the internet called Good Landing Recovery. It was about 15 minutes from where Lake was and it's midnight at this time. I'm like there's a no way Anybody would answer the phone at midnight, but I did. I just called. And Daniel was his name. He answered the phone. And he was so nice and so helpful. And it's just absolutely another way of how God has been in every detail um, on Lake's behalf, um, on our behalf. But he um, said, yes, we'll, we'll go pick him up at the sheriff's department. We'll pick him up. And so I'm like, "Are you serious?" And then I started thinking, "This is a good bit true. How do I know you're legit?" Like I started kind of panicking. Like, "Are you are you a good a good place? Are you safe?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, we're you know we're good." And um, so Lake gets picked up. Um, a guy named Jamisio had picked him up, and Jamisio called Chris and said, "Hey, I got your boy, and I'm gonna take care. We're gonna take care of him." And you know, Lake talked to Chris on the phone. Said, "I'm good, Dad. I'm fine." That you know, they just gave me let me get, take a hot shower, and I could sleep here, and anyway ever since it was at um that place which he gets a whole lot of Jesus there um Trey Lewis is the owner um he's from actually Clarksdale Mississippi kind of crazy too but um he he holds uh, recovery church every Friday night and he he just has the most amazing way of getting on these guys level and just preaching the word and it was kind of what I had longed for for Lake just to hear and because again he's he's running from God I mean he you know he was he was saved when he was nine so I know that he you know is a Christian but he's running from God um and then this place has worked for him I mean it is just Lake has done so well here and he you know celebrated a year um sober in September um after that, he started on staff there. Um, he's working and he loves it. I mean, he absolutely loves it. And I've said for so long how I just felt like his purpose, even before the addiction, I just felt like his purpose was to help people. Like he just, he, like Chris said, he's always just been a giver. I mean, he just he had a basketball coach when he was like twelve years old that had a hole in his shoe, and I can remember him coming home saying, "Can we go buy?" By coach, so and so shoes. Like he want, at twelve years old. He won and he did. We he, we went that night and bought the coach new Nike high tops because his he wanted to do that. And that was the kid that we knew late to be, and now that he's working on staff and just has the opportunity to, to be that. to be doing this, and he feels important and he's loving it. Well, and, he is, and he it's is not a feeling. Yes, he's, he is. He is. He is. Uh, yes.
3: I, if I could say two things about um, this you know again circling back to exactly what she just said lake's always been a giver and always you know he's just a loving kid always wants to help people a good heart and yes. all of the all of the garbage that we dealt with all of the lies the manipulation the overdosing the uh, I mean I, I went I, I, I tracked him on life 360 and went to some of the deepest darkest, crack houses you've ever seen just to make sure he wasn't there or see why is he down here why is he doing this all those little pieces we wouldn't we say you know now looking at looking back we say we wouldn't trade any of that because this was God's literally wrote he wrote this story for Lake and if he didn't have all of these things happen he wouldn't be where he is right now and he said this when he was on the podcast with you guys. He said uh, the night he got kicked out of um, Twin Lakes, he had some heroin. And it's funny because all he wanted was a cigarette, and he was stayed there. But if he had gotten that cigarette, he wouldn't have stayed there. Right. He's got heroin because uh, I think he said you know he had it he had it hidden on him. Yeah, they were going to let him
1: sleep, and he was going to yeah yeah.
3: Um, the... But but like all the pieces of the pie. You know, they come together, and you see that, in the end, he ended up being where he needed to be. He was kicked out of these other places, but he wasn't ready. But the point of, he, he, he made a decision that night. He said, I'm done. I'm it. And, 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 I, and I told a friend of mine this, this week. That decision was not only helping Lake uh, to recover. Obviously, it was. It was, his, it was his switch that he finally flipped, and he said, I'm done with this lifestyle, not doing this anymore. But that decision has also helped already so many other people because friends have reached out to us or re- reached out to Ginger or reached out to Lake and said, I need help. And, and he's already been instrumental in helping so many other people. So that one decision for him to say, this is it, has already exponentially started helping so many others um, and, you know, and we'll continue to do and we'll so. continue to do so. And so I think that's uh, for us. You know the the positive at the end of the day is is that you know it's been a rough ride, but he's in a he's in the place where he ought to be right now. Um, and 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 it's there,
2: funny too because he one of his roles is like a house manager, and he has to he's in charge of the guys of his apartment. And we give a lot of Lakes House Manager David Hobbs is his name. We call him Hobbs, but. Hobbs was it's crazy out of all the house managers like got put with him and he was the exact person Lake needed to to live with because he was so good to Lake and uh, you know he's this big guy buff guy and I think it was enough fear and before uh, that you know to the kind of keep Lake walking that straight line but at the same time they I mean they're buddies they I mean like he's he's just a huge I mean he texts us all three in a group text for Merry Christmas on Christmas Day you know I mean he's just he's a great guy and it's funny now seeing Lake be that house manager, kind of doing the same thing, and hopefully, being the same way Hobbs was to Lake. Helping um, a lot of guys, yeah. right? And I will be. I will say like, this doesn't take away any of my worry. Like, I mean, it's still there. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's a little over a year in. He's doing amazing. But you know, sometimes I will let the enemy, you know, freak me out and put those thoughts in my head. But, you know, he's gosh, he's doing so good, and I just pray that he can keep keep staying this path you know
1: it sounds like he has every level of insurance in place that needs to be in place and as long as he continues on this path with the with you know the plan of action that he's been doing up to this point and you know doesn't stop doing the things that got him sober in the first place right then there's there's no stopping this kid like, That's right. there's just no stopping stop so the limit for sure. absolutely so i want to say this um because there there are people listening today and people that will listen to this in the future that are just at their wits end. They have tried everything, they've done everything. they've they, their their loved one has failed and failed and failed and failed. What would you tell that family member or that family that that has that they've they've done everything they've and it and their their loved one, is still either out on the streets or whatever. What, what advice would you give to those individuals?
2: I mean, I, I mean, like I said, I think just, there is hope. I mean, I, I I mean, obviously we're huge in our, in our faith and try to give God every bit of the, of the glory of Lake story. Um, But I think just. Don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, you know, there, there are so many people that, would say you're going to have to, like, dissociate yourself from your child. And there are people, I know the Al-Anon stuff, that's kind of what they, and people would tell me to get in in those things, you know. And I, and I needed that. And I had friends that were had walked in that, and they would tell me. But for me, I kind of told, like, I laid it out there as, I'm not going to let you go on the streets. I'd rather you be in jail. So you can either get it right in treatment. I'll, I'll let you live in treatment forever. <laughs> Even if it's the hard, the ones that are free, and you know, like we talked about or you can live in jail. Like that was kind of your that's your way, where as a mom I was at. Like and I feel like to this day I still am like that. Like I don't I don't I will fight for him till the day I die. Like there's no question. Um,
3: I I would answer that by saying um, you can love somebody to death. Sure. And so you, there's a level of enabling that you can provide some sometimes um, that is not good for them. And so sometimes, you know, the old cliche, tough love. Sometimes you have to do that, right. um, and and so that is a really fine line to teeter back and forth on, and and that's probably the hardest thing is to figure out, you know, do I give them tough love or do I, you know, kick them to the Look, curb? I told Blake, I was like, you know,
0: it's it's great now, but eventually. They're not going to answer your phone right. call anymore. and I
2: heard that. and You say that.
0: Uh, and then it sounds that sounds awful.
2: No, but, but. I know it's true. I mean, I, I know that there are so many people. I have friends that had to do this. Like, I, I know. And, like, I, I guess at that point, if it kept on, kept on, kept on, I mean, I was getting so angry and mad at him. Like, how could you do this again? Like, you've already almost died within seconds. Like, how are you still, you know, and.
3: That says a lot, though, for the addiction side of things, that shows you just how strong exactly. it is. Exactly. Right. Right. You know, right. like, you're like. You, you OD'd. Like, they had the paddles in the air. They were about to try to bring you back to life, and you're over here using again.
1: Like, when's it going to click?
0: It's astonishing. It really yeah, right. is, even, mean, even for me. You
1: died because of this, and you're right back there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, that's tough to see.
2: But I feel mm-hmm. like my tough love would be – it would be that, though. Like, you're either going to live in treatments or you're going to live in jail. I mean, it was just that simple for me. Like, I'm like – I had and, you, I mean, Chris even said, like, at times, like, Ginger, you have impressed me. Like, you're getting – like, I did get strong and, you know, whereas I was so weak for so long. I was, like, strong. I'm like, I'm not going to – you're not going to continue to talk to me this way. You're not, you know, going to manipulate me. But – well, I guess for, for other parents, just
3: for other parents, I mean, um, and I think Ginger and I would offer this up, you know, if, if somebody is going through this with their child right now and they want to talk to us or just have a shoulder to, you know, somebody who's walked through this, um, you know, reach out to us because I think that's important to, to have that support. We had that maybe internally with our families, you know. We could talk to our family. We could pray with our family. Uh, We could brainstorm with our families and say, what do you think we should do? Um, Obviously, um, financially, um, her parents have helped exponentially. I mean, like to a, a, you know, just we wouldn't be able to do it without them. And so um, find some support, whether it's somebody who's been there. Um, You know, obviously don't give up hope and pray like crazy because I think that, you know, if you raise them up right, they'll come back to their roots. And I think, you know, it's hard to tell when they're going to flip the switch and say enough's enough. Like it may be a year, it may be 10 years, but, like, don't give up on them because um, there's there's definitely hope out there. God can work in the details just like he did in Lake's life and, and write a crazy story to where now he's helping a lot of those people. And the last thing I would say is um, the length of treatment, I think, is really, really important. We tried the 30 day. We tried the 60 day. We tried the 90 day. Um, the longer somebody can be getting help, can be, you know, side by side sharing their story or in a, you know, in the right place, um, a year is I would minimum. say, at, at minimum I would right. say a year. Um, you know, and that's just based on our experience no leg. I think you're, you're right on that that's
0: yeah. it, there's there's evidence to support that
3: yeah and so that that would be my kind of my my for parents out there going through it or, or walking through it right now um,
0: I'd also like to throw in there go into treatment away from what I call your epicenter of poor choices mm-hmm. yeah get out of yeah. here
1: that's right yeah. that's yeah I, I was living in Dallas and flew out to Brandon Mississippi so yeah. you okay. know, I've and, told yeah. like
3: multiple times and and because I've heard this from you know other recovering addicts or, or uh, treatment centers, you got to turn the page on everything that was your lifestyle when you were when you were in that situation or when you were using. You got to okay. get rid of all of it and start fresh and new. And so, uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that he was going Alabama and then he got to Georgia. And, I mean, we were going to end up in the ocean if we had to. You know, <laughs> like, he was just – he was getting a little further away from home, but a little Maine, further away from Maine, here we come. I've always yeah. liked lobsters yeah. as well. Right. Head right. to Maine, wherever and, – and, and whatever the, we had to do. the funny
2: thing is, it's a good landing recovery after the day settled in, and I was able to talk to one of the head guys there, Charlie Campbell. I, remember, I had no idea that this this isn't an inpatient facility. It's an outpatient facility. They they live in apartments. And I remember freaking out. Right. like. Oh my gosh, he's right. not in an in, you know I had no idea. Although it was faith based and I love that, but you're not an impatient like he needs structure. He need and we I need just, some handcuffs. Yes, and yeah. I just remember asking. These doors who, need to
0: lock. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> and I just remember asking Charlie like, okay, you know how sick my son is. If this was your son, would you think Good Landing is would be the place for him? And I just he said Ginger. Yes, he said because your son still used in inpatient facilities. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it. But what we offer here, you know, just bringing God in the, the picture, he said we do we do it differently. And, I, I mean, he was – I would have probably pulled him out somewhere, you know, at that point until and, and Charlie, like, made it so clear. Like, oh, my gosh, you're right. He was using in three different inpatient facilities – so yes, I'm gonna because this is faith based, and he's getting a whole lot of Jesus. We're gonna try this, and praise the Lord, he is doing amazing, and is now on staff there. So <laughs> we are That's proud awesome. parents.
1: Absolutely <laughs> sure, absolutely. Well, Mr. Hassan, do you have anything else that you'd like to discuss? Is there anything else y'all want to talk about? <laughs> I,
2: know, I we, think we kept we... y'all so long. No, you're fine. <laughs> Sorry. You're
1: fine.
0: No, this is this is great. Yeah. This
3: well, is I will say, as far as Recovery Lab goes. Um, I appreciate y'all having us on because it, it is good for uh, even parents who've, you know, in the, in the, on the timeline that we're on right now, it's good to talk about it. Um, and so I, I appreciate this platform where late could come on or other, you know, people have come on, we've watched other, you know, episodes, um, at least 17 of them. We've watched. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, Thank y'all for having us. Yeah, and, what you're doing—that's uh, awesome. What you're doing—it's amazing. I think that's another just part of the recovery. It's—it takes a—it takes a village. It takes and a so village. This is a, a huge help too. I think recovering uh, parents and addicts and—and and so
1: this is awesome. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys.